my friends, please be seated. And uh, let me just get a little water from my throat here. That's a long confession of faith, isn't it? But boy, the truth is expressed there. This morning, as, uh, or this week, I should say, as I was preparing for this morning, uh, there, were, there were aspects of the Athanasian Creed I really wanted to address for us. But uh, the, the Holy Spirit directed me in, in, in another way, another word of the Lord for us today. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 1, if you want to join me in your Bibles or your electronic devices there. But I'm going to begin where I left off from early worship, or 8.30 worship. I, I ended the message with what I'm going to say right now, and I'm going to start it for you, and that is... This was a particularly difficult message to preach verbally, to bring to you with speech. It's a, it's a particularly difficult um, uh, message for, for me and probably for us to hear because of, because of what's going on in our culture and in our environment right now. There are a lot of voices who are speaking, clamoring for attention. Some of those voices... We need to listen to their medical experts, and we need to yield to their perspective, the truth that they're, they're speaking about, uh, for our own good, for the protection of our, our, ourselves, and, and for our, our future of getting through this pandemic. There are others who are, are speaking in elected positions. They're put in there by God's design and authority to give guidance for us in this, this time. And, and sometimes these voices who are speaking out of the truth of their office or of their, their knowledge, their insight. We don't quite understand all those, uh, th those voices sometimes from where we find ourselves to be. But we're, we're expecting them to be speaking for, our, for us on our behalf. And this last week or so, there's been a lot of other voices that have gained attention in our life. Not just in our country. There are other nations that are dealing with protests, peaceful Riots, looting, violence. Some of those protests, those, those, uh, those, those riots, had to do with what we're dealing with in our country, and that is uh, racial injustice. And some of them have to do with economic injustice. There are other issues that other countries are dealing with. It's a reflection of our total humanity that we're seeing reflected in the world, which is being expressed in our country as well through particular voices that are speaking. And what do we do with those, those voices? How do I react with them? One, as a, a child of God, and, and then also as a citizen of this, this country. One of the voices that we hear speaking right now are, are people, whether it's with words or placards, black lives matter. Absolutely. They matter. It's indisputable. Inarguable. From a theological Christian faith perspective and as a perspective as a citizen of this nation. Here's what, here's what we operate if a voice were to speak concerning our land. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. That they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Second paragraph of the United States Declaration of Independence. Right on, that speaks for us. I might not like all of the ways in which those voices are choosing to speak. 
But the message that they're trying to proclaim is this message, isn't it? Well, let's give voice to it from our own Virginia Declaration of Rights, approved by our Virginia Convention on June 12, 1776, where I quote, All men are by nature equally free and independent and have certain inherent rights, of which they cannot deprive or divest their posterity, namely, the enjoyment of life and liberty, with the means of acquiring and possessing property and pursuing and obtaining happiness and safety. Those would be voices from uh, our citizenship as a nation to which we as a people, a people of God, would give voice to and say, absolutely, the blessings that God has given to us in our land are for all people created equal. Well, issues that we're needing to address as a as a church, you're doing that this morning with social distancing and wearing masks. That's good for us. Okay. And you've also heard this office as your pastor talk about how we as people, as God's people, as citizens react within a political office, political environment within our citizenship. But this office as your pastor is neither a medical professional nor a political elected official. It's one who comes with the word of the Lord and speaks the word of the Lord in this office on behalf of us as the church. So, so let's hear the word of the Lord. What does it speak to concerning the voices that we're hearing in many ways right now in our culture? Join me in Genesis chapter 1. In verse 1, we're introduced to this God who speaks. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so, and so, the truth that God would introduce to himself us, uh, to us as our creating God is revealed. He's the one who makes the heavens, who's made and still sustains the heavens and the earth. Now, verse 2, the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters, we're told. That the very presence of God introduced to us now in a, in a, in a, in a form of a spirit was hovering over the waters. His presence was there. We're getting the idea here that as the Lord God introduces himself to us in these opening chapters, the opening verses of Genesis, that he's a being who's with us as people. He interacts with us in his creation, the Spirit. And in verse 3, then God said. So this God who interacts with his creation speaks then a truth. And this is the speaking God of his truth that we focus on today amidst all the other voices that are out there. As truthful as they may be, what defines us in this life and for our eternity is the God who speaks as it relates to the speaking of these other truths in our lives. Let's pick it up with verse 26. God has spoken and has created. And his creation he looks at is good. He likes it. He delights in it. And now in verse 26, we hear God speaking, saying, Let us make mankind in our image. And the Lord God is introducing us into this thought that this God is more than one being. He's speaking about himself in the plural. It's where we begin to gain the understanding that this God is one God in three persons. He's one being in three people. And as the scriptures unfold this truth for us, 
we begin to grasp the idea of a father and the son and the Holy Spirit, which is the truth of this God who speaks his creation into being and says, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that, and then God says, this is what they're going to do. They'll rule over the fish of the sea. They'll rule over the birds of the sky. They'll rule over the livestock, wild animals. They'll rule over all the creatures that move along the ground. And so, in verse 27, God, this us, plural being, created mankind in his own image. And in the image of God, he created them Male and female, he created them whom we know to be Adam and Eve. This is, the, this is the, the word of our God that defines us as the church in this creating activity of our God and in our humanity with him and as we relate to one another. And in this creating work, those first notions of a triune God are given to us. We as human beings, we as male and female, as mankind, have struggled to make sense of this mystery of how can God be one being with three persons. And there's been a lot of presuming that has gone on throughout history on how to make sense of this. How do you teach a preschooler about the triune God? You ever tried to you ever tried to talk to somebody uh, about the triune God? It's difficult, and finally we just have to kind of say, you know, I know this much, but the rest is mystery, and uh, faith believes it, and then we have to let it go. Oh, by the way, here's an apple, and, and maybe an apple can help us make some sense of the triune God. Here's a skin, there's a uh, there's a meat, and there's a core. Uh, there's three aspects of this apple, but yet they're it, with God, they're all together. There, how is this mystery? Presuming to know something leads us into oftentimes giving false witness to that which is true. And so in the Christian church, where there are, where there are um, uh, questions about the mystery of the Trinity, and Christians in, in history have just kind of let that go, what they've gone is then is let go of the triune nature of God. And as we confess this morning, outside of the confession of a triune nature of God, there is no Christian faith. But there's also something else that leads us in, in presuming, not just about a triune God, but, but it has to do with our relationships with, with each other as human beings, doesn't it? There's a presumption here among us today that Adam and Eve looked like us. You know, in, in Genesis, we're not told what, what race Adam and Eve were. What was the color of their skin? What language did they speak? It's presumptuous for us to think that they were Anglo-Saxon colored people who spoke English. Well, German for sure, right? No. <laughs> who, who, it, it's presumptuous for us to think and go down those kinds of ways, right? Presumption is, is really one of the aspects of our fallen nature that we give way to very easily. Adam and Eve, we see it reflected in their heart and life. As after they disobeyed the Lord and, and took that fruit and ate it and shared, with, shared it with each other, they became aware, first of all, that they now were human. They, they were naked. They were different from one another. 
male and female. And now they recognize that there was a separation in their humanity unto God. And so what did they do? What's the first thing that Adam and Eve did? They hid. They, they, they made this clothing for themselves so they could hide their exterior, and then they hid from God. And God comes walking through the garden, looking for them. Adam, Eve, where are you? I, I'm looking forward to our afternoon walk. Where are you? And, and they're hiding. They're presuming that God now is their enemy, as we're told Adam and Eve were afraid. Sin had broken this relationship with their God, our God, and with one another, and now they're afraid. And they're presuming out of that fear things that they think they know. Isn't that what presuming does? Presuming leads us in a human sinful way to think that we know something about something else or about somebody else. It's presumptuous for me to think that I know what a person who's holding up a Black Lives Matters sign th is thinking or has experienced or knows in life. It's presumptuous. It's the sin of presumptuousness for me, for any of us, to think that somebody who has not walked in our shoes, and we haven't walked in their shoes, that we might know what they're dealing with in life. Stems back to Adam and Eve, that first sin of the garden, hiding from God. When Adam and Eve presumed, what that led to for them is a tragic break and change in their lives with God and with one another. My brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, when we presume concerning our fellow human beings, there's nothing good that comes out of that. Just a tragic ending. That's what happened to Jesus. When he came as God's son, the second person of the Trinity was revealed in human flesh, the divine in human flesh among us. These people who, who were presuming that they knew who Jesus was, it led to a tragic break, an ending, not just for Jesus, but for them. Well, the Messiah, we're presuming, has to come uh, 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 from, from Bethlehem. And Jesus, you're from Nazareth. Well, that's what they presume. Uh, the Messiah has to come in a way that, that makes for us the new kingdom of David, in the way that we're presuming that kingdom is going to be. Jesus, you're not doing that, so you must not be the Messiah. And Peter would stand up and say to these presumptuous people, Listen, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. The word of the Lord, as we're in Genesis, working through this, as we hear from Peter here in Acts, takes us from a presumptuous kind of nature into that which faith grasps as truth. We know this to be true, as Peter's declaring it. Even in the presumptuousness of sin, he was nailed to the cross, shedding his blood that we would be forgiven so that our presumptiveness in sinfulness would be forgiven, removed from us, 
that we would then live in what we know by faith is the truth. And this is the truth we know. As Peter goes on, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan. It was the Lord, the triune God's deliberate plan that his son would die. And in foreknowledge, he did this. And death could not keep him captive. God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. While death would seek to separate and destroy and to, to presume over us a kind of control that keeps us under the, the curse of sin, Jesus, brothers and sisters in Christ, has freed us from that condemnation, from that curse, so that destruction, from that presumptiveness of our sinful natures. We have been given a new life. With that new life, a new perspective. And in that new perspective is the truth to which we've been called to that we know. There's no need for living in a presuming kind of attitude with Jesus who leads us and directs us and guides us with his truth defining us that human beings male and female regardless of the color of skin the country we come from the different kinds of political systems that we're drawn to the ways in which we view life God has created male and female us in his image and in likeness when we find and see and interact with a fellow human being regardless of race and, 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 and creed and, and, and color, gender. They're made in the image and likeness of the Lord our God. And he loves them as he loves you and me and gave his one and only son for their salvation as we know it ourselves. That's the truth. And with the truth, so comes a responsibility. Jesus, Jesus defines that responsibility for those disciples on that mount outside of Bethany when he was ascending. In those words that we heard from Matthew in chapter 28, join me there in the Great Commission as we know it, Matthew chapter 28, where Jesus speaks and says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The Son of God speaking this truth, the truths of the Lord God Almighty concerning our humanity, those inalienable rights that we've been given in the privilege of this country, are under the authority of Jesus Christ in heaven and on earth. It's been given to him. That's a truth that we know, that we get to carry with us into the world as we interact with our fellow human beings. Where, in our interaction with fellow human beings, where injustice might abound, where we as people have the opportunity to work then for, for justice and supporting those who are seeking to serve according to these truths, to pray for them and encourage them. And when someone's holding up a sign or speaking a word that I might not understand right away, instead of jumping to presumption, presumptive ideas, listen to them. Seek to find their perspective. In the end, we might not agree with it, but at least we've given them an opportunity 
and we've listened to them. We may end up finding that we agree with them wholeheartedly. We just didn't understand the background of what they were saying, where they were coming from. Go, Jesus says, and make disciples of all nations. Ta ethne. Ta ethne means disciples, people, regardless of male or female, regardless of how old they are, what country they come from, what food they eat, what color their skin is. That we share the life and love of Jesus Christ by making disciples for all nations. In fact, baptizing them in the name of our triune God and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded, giving them the truth, the truth that we speak in love. And while this is true for us and while we have this opportunity for us, we also live we also live on the other side of this, recognizing that these imbalances in which we live in right now that plague us in our sinful humanity, they're going to be with us. We're going to live with these injustices, ultimately, until the Lord makes all things new. It doesn't mean we should give up. It doesn't mean we should listen to the voices that speak falsehood and presume we know everything. But we press on in the truth with this assurance over us, Jesus' assurance over us. I am with you always to the very end of the age. So until that very end of the age, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. As disciples of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Thank you for your word today that speaks this truth. I must admit for myself, it's not an easy truth to hear. I like to presume. We all do, Lord. It's easy to. It makes sense to us. But you've forgiven us of that presumptive nature of our sin, and you've called us into the truth that is bigger and broader than us, that lasts for an eternity. That Heavenly Father defines us as people made in your image and in your likeness by your great love for us known in Jesus Christ. Thank you for that forgiveness. Thank you for the clean hearts that we now bear and the opportunity to go forward in the authority of your truth to care, love all people, listen to them, pray for them, hear them out, help them to know the truth and understand it as you've given it to us, Lord. To pray for our leaders, to those who have the, the microphones right now. So work in us a new thing, O oh Lord, a new creation to be abounding in steadfast love and the assurance of your, your forgiveness and the power of faith that leads us forward as your people. You are our God. We are your people. We go in the name of Jesus, our Savior, in his name. Amen. And we go in a peace that passes our understanding to keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus as you bear the truth and you live it out as God's people, brothers and sisters, we are, my friends, in Jesus our Savior.